Well, today's message is piecemeal. And Hanny, you can just hold on to that back there. I'm not ready quite for it yet. But be ready in, in, in about two minutes. Today's message is called piecemeal. And, and when you think about this, I really enjoy sitting while I'm talking to you. This is much more relaxing. Are you guys more relaxed? Can you see me, Fernando? I got you. Can you? No, I don't even know who that is. There's a music. Oh, hi, Marianne. So maybe I won't, I, I won't sit most of my messages, but I just thought I'd invite you into my study this morning. I moved my study over here because, well, I'm thrown off. I did a lot of study this week on this passage, and, and rarely do I narrow it down to two verses. Amen? Amen. But I have today, brother, to a certain extent. So what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to piecemeal this mystery. We're going to have to piecemeal this mystery of what we're about to read. And so I'm in Luke 2, and and we're going to be in verses. I'm going to back it up. So I said, you know, one verse, but we're going to do two verses, 13 and 14. And you'll recognize it. The backstory is that the shepherds are in the... The fields out there at night in the, in the southern region of Bethlehem. Mary and Joseph and the babe are, are there in the stable. Christ has been born and there's a proclamation by a multitude of angels. Angels play a prominent part in the Christmas story, don't they? This coming Friday and Saturday we're going to have some beautiful angels out front in our live-action nativity. I really encourage you, come be part of that. Uh, You're going to hear more about it later in the message today. Our angels will be very, very uh, performance-oriented. They'll be freezing. They might have the glory shining upon them, but not through them or around them necessarily like these angels. But these angels showed up on a cold, dark night. How many of you, it was cold when you came today? Freezing here in California, isn't it? Just freezing. So in Bethlehem, it's interesting because in that region, uh, you see what I did there? In that region? No, you didn't see what I did there. In that region, it's actually on the same longitude that we are. It's amazing when people go to Israel, they see the similarities in the geography and the landscape. But Israel, well, Jerusalem and Bethlehem would be in a region that would be about at the top of Mount Diablo. That's the elevation, and so it gets cold. It gets cold. Now, we don't know for sure, it's disputed what time of the year it was, but it's night. And I would think it would be cold, and and it was dark, and these angels show up, to a motley crew of shepherds. And what do they say? They say, look at verse 13, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. Now wait a minute. That's not what you told me. Ergo, the desk, the props, 
The tripod, the whiteboard, Hanny, bring it on up. We're going to have to get into this because this is not what you said to me. Let's go back to how you phrase it. Let's start again. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and what? All you King James people. Well done. And you guys can set that up right over here, right behind me. Thank you. Thank you. So just some more more uh, things that we're going to have to utilize to get to the bottom of this problem we have today as we piecemeal to the truth. Now, you all told me that it was goodwill to men, but I just read in my Bible it says, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now, as I'm studying this, I heard what you heard. And I thought to myself, well, wait a second. That's not what I remember. So I did a little more study. And in the NIV, it says this. By the way, that was the ESV, God's standard. <laughs> the NIV says, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Is that what your Bible says? Oh, you just identified yourselves. You'll be getting a call from the pastor later about the ESV. Okay. But for all you new King James or you King James people, you had the song written according to the authorized version. Which says what? Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Now, do those mean the same thing? Because I'll tell you from an expositional point, from a scholarly point, <laughs> scholar and me, that's, that's hilarious. But on a scholarly level, that's what we call, you need to dig a little deeper. Because those don't necessarily mean the same thing. So we got a problem. We have a polemic. Pastor, why are you doing this? Just take the verse for what it says. It says there's going to be peace among those with whom He is pleased. It says peace, goodwill towards men. What's the problem here? Well, if we're going to piecemeal it, which means to take things little by little to build something, here it is. You ready? I'm going to use my notes because I've got the multiple translations on the notes. Let's look at what the problem here is. A bunch of angels show up to make this great declaration the first part, glory to God in the highest. That's great. We're all on the same page there. The next part is, and on earth, peace among those with whom He is pleased. New King James Version, or King James. Glory to God in the highest. We're still on the same page. And on earth, peace. We're still on the same page. Goodwill towards men. As that great theologian Ricky Ricardo once said, <laughs> Lucy, we got a problem. I should stop with the accents, right? Do you see the problem? The King James is just saying this at a boy to everybody, to all of you. Hey, I want you all to be happy. I want you all to be peaceful. Atta boy. 
The idea is that God is to be glorified, glory to God in the highest, and then on earth, because of Christ's coming, there's going to be peace that's going to go to goodwill to a few men. What's it say? Goodwill to all men. So this peace that Christ brings, apparently what we can take from this, according to the King James Version, is that the peace of Christ is going to come to all men. Amen, Amen if that were true. <laughs> the problem is that we have a clearer translation based off of older manuscripts. And that's where your NIV, your NASB, your ESV, your KJ, uh, no, not that one, says something more along the lines of, and on earth, peace among those, not all, those with whom he is what? Pleased. That's, there you go. So now we, are, are you invested? How many of you felt peaceful this week? Yeah, I, don't, I, I would just say on, depends on when you caught me. How many of you even had restful peace in your sleep? I think it depends on when you catch, catch me. This morning, I can say this because my wife's not in the room. There went my peace. <laughs> so, she has this alarm on her phone now. And, and, and I'm, you know, I'm putting on the, the, the aftershave, I'm throwing on my sweater, and all of a sudden this music comes up. It, it, it sounded like something out of, you know, Swan Lake. It's so sweeping and so grandiose and so peaceful. I actually thought about going back to bed for a minute. And then this voice, this British Airways voice, right? You know, greetings. <laughs> if you so choose to wake up at this point, I'd like you to know what you're facing. It is currently 58 degrees outside. I'm like, what is this? And so I just watch her, and she like she uh, she pulls it over, and she like you know what she did, she hit snooze. So on my way out, I leaned down, gave her a little kiss on her cheek, and I said, "Greetings. <laughs> if you so choose, make sure you get to church." And she looked so peaceful. Some of us understand this problem. So we have a polemic right now, okay? And a polemic is kind of a written argument, so let's do it right now, all right? So hopefully you can um, read my writing. No, Jesus. Thank you very much. No. Peace. All right, I feel like an old school teacher using the whiteboard. So, it says to those, 
to those. Well, let's, we need to investigate that. We need to know what that means. Does anybody else struggle out there when we talk about this gift of peace every year at Advent? We talk about how Christ brings peace. Does it look like a peaceful world? Have you been catching how peaceful France is lately? Have you been catching what's been going on at our border? Have you been catching what's going on in the news? Have you been catching what's going on with your neighbors at the malls and on and on and on? You should come over to my house. <laughs> Last Sunday night, the Chargers-Steeler game was on. I had my flannels on. I had my Rivers jersey on. And I'm, I've got a drink in the cup holder. I am ready to go. And if you saw the first half of that game, you would understand what was happening. But my neighbor did not. And my wife was out front. It was dark. And she was helping the neighbor put the lights on. She could hear from her patio, What are you doing? What's wrong with you guys? My peace was gone. But a miracle happened in the second half. Multiple miracles. You know that part where they blinded the eyes? I think that happened to the refs during that game. But the Lord heard my prayers and blinded the eyes. But my neighbor later, I came out to go get a coffee to calm down. Think about that. And I, I went to go get a coffee and Janice's like, she's like, uh, hey, uh, babe, um, uh, Trish heard your excitement. And I'm like, Trish, I'm so sorry. You know, I, I apologize. It's once a year. I was looking forward to this game. It's just like sports. Don't worry. There's nobody else on the other end of that. It's just an inanimate object. Peace on earth. Goodwill to men. It's amazing how fast our peace can get stolen. So what on earth are we talking about? Is that what Christ promised? Does the coming of, of, of Christ and the peace of Christ, this gift of peace, does that apply to those in France? Is it those people? Is it those on the southern border and all the problems going? Is it those within the halls of our political systems? Is it within our own homes? Our schools? Is it those people? Where is this peace? Well, we're going to have to do some investigation. In my studies, I've got some notes right here. In my studies, here is what I would say. K and W are the secrets to unlocking this mystery of peace on earth. K and W. Not N, K and W. Just K, the letter K and the letter W. So you can write that down in your, on your notes if you want. Here's some other scripture that helps us get some definition as to what this is. If you're going to do a, unpack a mystery, if you're going to solve something, then what you have to do is you have to look at both sides. Jesus said Himself in Matthew 10.34, Do not think that I have come to bring peace on the earth. Great. That means six more months of study. 18 more books I've got to read. We're never going to get to the bottom of this. Angels proclaim that because of Christ, we now have peace on earth. Jesus Himself says while He's here, He says, don't think that I came to bring peace on earth. Are you invested yet? I mean, if, if we're really serious about this stuff, but, and you guys didn't come just to be entertained by my accent abilities, 
but you're serious about really growing in your understanding of who God is and who Christ is, do we have a problem? We do. That's why I'm sitting in my study. This is going to require a lot of work, and that's why I've invited you to the study. He didn't just say that. Luke 12, 51-53 says this, Do you think that I have come to give peace on earth? What do you think? You, you don't know what to think, do you? You're not going to say a word, are you? This is like a real class in the university. I'm not saying anything. You said yes. Let me finish. He says specifically, no. <laughs> I give you points. I, you know what? I'm going to give you extra, extra assignments, Ron, and you get extra credit for just being brave enough to step up and say that. Um, that was a 50-50, because you should have, wasn't super committed. He's all, yes, right? Jesus says, no. I tell you, and he's going to double down. He says, no, but I tell you, rather I bring you division. Oh, Pastor Jeremy, I'm very inspired this morning. Thanks for the message around Christmas. Well, if we want to get to the truth of it, because I know each of us, all good men, right? I know each of us, we end up in these moments where we're saying, where is the peace that Christ promised? Maybe sometimes we've got the wrong understanding of what that peace really looks like, and that's what we're investigating this morning. He goes on to say this. He didn't just double down. He just went for the whole, whole thing. He swung for the fences here. He says, for from now on, in one house, there will be five divided. Three against two and two against three. They will be divided. Father against son and son against father. Mother against daughter and daughter against mother. Mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Jesus really was painting a picture. Tell me about that peace now. Goodwill towards all men. What does this mean? Either the angels got it messed up or there's something else we've got to figure out. Well, let's go back and investigate the story. Sometimes I've got it. You know how like strategists for war like have that stuff like Stratego? They, they place the things on the... So I'm just going to do that. I have this chess set. And uh, I was thinking about this the other day. You could take a chess set. I got this one from Africa. And somebody thought it was like I'm Jumanji. And I'm going to open this up and we're all going to get run over by rhinoceroses. But it's not Jumanji. So it's interesting. This, these pieces are all hand-carved from a woodcarver's village. And I was just thinking about this. You could make a mint if you did a nativity chess set. And you could really do it, right? So let me, let me prove my point. So uh, these are really hard to figure out what's what. But uh, this right here is the pawn. And, and we could say that this is the shepherd or the angel, so we're going to place him here. Uh, this is uh, the castle, but we're going to call it the stable, right? And so the stable, he has his place here. This is a giraffe, but we're going to say it's the donkey, right? So here's your donkey, and, and so the donkey's in there, and, and you could do that, and that'd be great. And then, uh, you know, this is the bishop. We could say this is the what? The wise man. Very good. Yeah, the wise man. So this is where it gets a little difficult. And so, um, oh, I pulled out the wrong pieces. So, uh, oh no, I got it. I got it. Here we go. So here's the queen. 
And, uh, and so who would this be in the nativity? Mary. Mary. You guys are tracking on this. Somebody's going to make a million. And, and, so, and, and then this is the king who would be what? Jesus. Right? Here's the problem. Queen to Rook 4, and the pawn sitting right here, and the pawn destroys the queen. That's not very nice. Right? Or Mary comes and... Here's your, here's your stable, and Mary comes, and she just knocks the stable over. It's going to give a whole bad flavor to who Mary is, right? So it, it kind of, for those of you that were really excited about it, probably not going to work. But if I were to lay out these pieces and just say, okay, we've, we've got these angels here, and we've got Mary and Joseph here, and, and the wise men are coming over here, and and these guys are in the stable here, and there's a donkey over here. Okay, I'm, now I'm going to take a look at this, and how does this happen? And these guys are out in the field, and then an angel shows up, and let's say this is the angel, blah, 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 peace on earth. But it's freezing out here, and Herod wants to kill the baby. Oh, no, that's the wise man over here, which is this guy. But, but Herod wants to kill... I'm not getting much from this. So strategy... That's not helping. But see, I'm piecemealing this investigation. I'm trying to use a bunch of different thoughts about this. So, you know what's interesting is sometimes uh, oh no, Gentry will love to do this. Here. So sometimes the reason we have issues with peace is because we're juggling things. Sometimes we're juggling more than we should. So let's say that uh, this represents the wise men. And this represents the shepherds. And this represents the angels. All those components that are going to come. And then, uh, and then, so we're juggling. We're just trying to figure out how all this is going to work with peace. And, you know, thank you. That was really subdued. Thank you. Wow, I worked real hard on this. Okay, so we're juggling, right? Oh, no, he dropped one. Well, Gentry, if you could stand up. All I have right now are wise men, angels, and shepherds. What's missing in the story? The one who's going to bring peace. And so, Gentry, you can just stand right there in front of me, and whenever you want, you can uh, go ahead and, and throw Jesus into the story at any pace you desire. Well, wait till we get the story going, all right? And then I'm going to quote the peace on earth. And on earth, peace, goodwill to men. So that Jesus came, and it wasn't very peaceful. Somebody went down. I think it was the wise men. Thank you, Gentry. I thought she would throw it a lot harder, so thank you. Well, that hasn't solved anything. So where do we go? Luke 1.79 says this. This is the end of Zechariah's message. He says that Christ will come to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Jesus says this Himself. He says, I have said these things to you that in Me you may have peace. We're all over the map. 
We are all over the map. Jesus said, I have not come to give you peace. And now he says what? I have said these things to you. First of all, Zechariah, he, he prophesies that Christ will come and lead those out of the shadow of death and guide our feet into the what? The way of peace. Jesus says, I have said these things to you that in me, in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Alright, I'm going to pull out another. This is some of my super potion stuff to reveal really what's going on in life. Isn't that peaceful? So peaceful. Rich, can you come up here? Nobody's going to sit in the front row anymore. So Rich, I want you to just... These are so peaceful, aren't they? They're beautiful. And so I'd like you to catch this. Good luck. Just catch one. Oh, catch that one. Oh, cat. Rich, sit down. You're not very good at this. Thank you, Rich. I hate to... But that's our problem. We love bubbles. If you don't love bubbles, there's something wrong with you. Or maybe you're a mom with two small children. (laughs) There's something about how a bubble is just so peaceful and it's just floating along. And remember as kids, they would do those big bubbles. They had that like big wand and be floating and every kid wanted to touch it, right? And you as the adult would be saying, no, no, don't touch it, don't touch it, you know. But the kid's like, it's so peaceful. It's so peaceful. And this is where we get this phrase. If you touch it, our bubble bursts. Now we might be getting somewhere. Because Jesus said that for it's the world that will not have peace. Did you hear that? But in me, you will have peace. And I think so much of the time we take this gift of peace and what we say is that our world should reflect peace. And that I'm going to interpret who Jesus is based off of the peace reflected in the world around me. Jesus never promised goodwill to all men. Now see, I'm I'm, I'm wrecking some people's peace in here, you KJVers. I'm wrecking your peace right now. Bad interpretation. Because that would, belie- that would lead one to universalism. And, and then if you believe that, that because Jesus came, there's just going to be goodwill to all men, we should all just get along. Does that happen in your house? You know the instant way to, in, to wreck peace? Bring more than one person into it. You know, we talked about hope, that hope is, is vacant. It's undefinable without pain. Peace is undefinable without hostility. Let me make my point. We're getting close here. We're starting to really see where we need to go with this in understanding this gift of peace. That what Christ promised was peace in Him, which leads us to another kind of peace meal.
But as we piecemeal all this information together, we're going to arrive at the truth. With this idea of the bubble example, understand this. What we've learned so far is that peace is promised between us and God, not us and earth. Does that make sense? Peace is promised between us and God, not us and earth. 97 times peace is listed in the, in the New Testament. Think it's an important subject? Of course it is. It is a gift. It's something that's like the bubble. It, it, it represents something that, that helps us, that, that is whimsical. It's a place we want to rest in. Do you ever have that dream that you were in a bubble and you just float off somewhere? You're like, no, pastor, you're weird. <laughs> I didn't have that dream either. The opposite of peace is conflict. The writer of Ephesians, Paul, has this understanding. Let's, let's look at this. Let's give some, some teeth to this. Money. Peaceful? Or conflict? Unless you have a lot of it, then it's peaceful, right? Ah, very good. Um, living in the Bay Area, peaceful or conflict? Then what are y'all living here for? The weather. Peaceful or conflict? To all the single ladies out there, to all the single guys out there, marriage. CJ, the idea of marriage, right? Marriage, marriage, <laughs> right? Peaceful. Now, all the married people respond. Peaceful or conflict? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Men who held their tongues, you're wise. We have one opening for wise men in our play this coming weekend. Any of you guys can step into it. On and on the list goes. Do you understand the relationship between peace and conflict? The world is always going to be filled with conflict because it's broken. Romans, Romans 8. The creation is suffering. But Christ came that we might have ultimate peace. Peace with God. He never promised peace here. He said that the world will be filled with tribulation. But He's going to offer us peace with whom? With God. Which is harder to acquire? Peace with God. Because it's always on His terms. It's only on His terms. There's nothing you and I can do to offer Him some kind of transaction that's going to form peace because of the hideousness of sin. So He did all the heavy lifting. And because of His offering, because of His Son, peace is finally brokered between us and God. This is the peace that is offered. And this is why this makes sense. And on earth, peace among those with whom He is pleased. Those with whom He is pleased are those who name Him King. Not those who are in conflict with Him. We can relate to that, can't we? That's why this promise by the angels is for those select, not all, those. 
And so this morning, for you and I, there's two things I would say we've got to figure out in this investigation. One is, do we believe that we need to be at peace with God? And if we believe that, we have to understand that God Himself on His terms, He's on the opposite end of the the bargaining table, right? The negotiating table for peace. He's he's on the other side at at the Appomattox Courthouse. And He's saying there's one way we're going to have peace. And there isn't anything you can do about it, so I'm going to offer all the terms. Someone's got to die. And I'll go ahead and, and carry the heavy lifting so that you and I can be at peace. Now, is that a gift or is that a gift? Now, the beauty of that gift is it helps us in the midst of the tribulation. When Christ says He brings us peace, when I'm facing challenges, this challenge, that challenge, the other challenge, I can look at the work of the Holy Spirit, I can look at the work of the principles of Scripture, and I can see how those things of God, now I can understand them because I have unity with God. Now I can understand that peace in a form in the midst of the tribulation. But the wrong application for me is to say that the world is going to know peace just because Christ came. Am I part of the world? Yes. But it is those, this promise goes to those who what? Those who believe. Those who honor the King. And that's the end of our investigation this morning. Revelation 19 talks about a marriage supper of the Lamb. And before this generation, where we are entertained by a million things, a myriad of things. Most entertainment and most pleasure happened at meals. Now there's Scripture out of Romans 15 that says there will be no eating or drinking in heaven. That really messes up my view of of heaven. It really does. But it won't be necessary because our glorified bodies won't need to eat and drink. So what is this marriage supper of the Lamb? It's the conclusion of the conflict. And all things have been done. And think about a marriage supper. Think about the reception is really what we're talking about. That this is the celebration after the union. And there's a formalized focus of the bridegroom, Christ, and the church, His bride, coming together never to be separated. How beautiful is that picture? Never to be separated. This is the peace meal. This is the peace meal. So when we started this morning, we piecemealed all this investigation trying to get to what does this actually mean. What does it mean? It means you want to be at the piecemeal. How do you get there? Well, what did I say earlier? I had a very prolific statement. K&W. Thank you, sir. If we learned anything today, we learned that if we're really going to experience that peace, that it has to do with those who seek Him. And if ultimately we want to have peace with God, when there will be no peace here other than that which God affords to us in the moment, because we know Him, then we have to know Jesus so that we can know peace. We just found the cipher to this mystery of what the angel said.
This promise is mysterious on a certain level. What does not need to be mysterious for you and, and myself, brothers and sisters, is that gift of peace is eternal. It gives now, but it also gives for eternity. But don't, don't make it messy. Don't evaluate this promise or gift of peace on the world around you. Christ Himself said this world will not be peaceful. But in the midst of the turmoil, in the midst of the hostility, you can know My peace. And that peace will be everlasting. Let me pray this morning, then we're going to have the Wilkinsons come up and uh, lead us in the lighting of the Advent candle. Let me pray over us this morning. Father, we thank You for this gift of peace. And in trying to understand the promises that You have given, it, it requires often that we dig a little deeper. That we investigate what is actually being promised. And how, how do we understand the world around us, how we fit in that, and, and it fits before You. It is that we understand Your Son Jesus to be our King and that we worship Him. In those senses, when we get the K and the W correct, then we know Jesus and then we know peace. And that gift is given for eternity. I pray for each of us today that we recalibrate maybe our thinking. We readjust our living. We, we rethink our focus on the world around us and on who You are. And how does this really work? And let us live in the light of that peace, Father. To You be all glory. Amen.